Hey, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. You can catch a lot of flies with honey, but you'll catch more honeys by being fly. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you? And uh, why would you want to catch flies? Like, why would you want to catch them? I, I just think that was an awesome, <laughs> awesome catchphrase. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. What are you, what are you drinking, man? So uh, Laura was kind enough to run it, go on a beer run between Ooh. episodes mm-hmm. and uh so do you I, I not would, keep beer f- like like stocked at all times no no we do but oh we're like towards the end i think i have like three left in the fridge so you had some but you were i like, had I some but new. i want like different types yeah yeah, yeah. and right. i had like five of the six pack of a lot mm-hmm, of them mm-hmm. or three out of the four but this one delighted me looking at it it's like it's like oh exactly what i want it's called little sal it's a sour aged um with blueberries. Well, uh, who makes it? Allagash. Oh, okay. Can I see um, the bottle? Yeah. It has like, and, and so I would have thought, yeah, nice. you know, the it's blue and stuff like that. Yeah. I poured out. It was like dark red. Yeah. It's, Allagash is a uh, great brewery. Allagash White. Can't go wrong with Allagash White. Mm. Um, I like, okay. So I didn't mention this. I'm drinking a Kolsch again. Mm. Um, this is called Fra. I believe I can't. It's all in German. It's all. It's from Cologne, Germany. Um, so why why so many Kolsch's? So I am in the process. This is this is research for me. <laughs> I am a quote quote unquote. You can't say the air quotes. It's a business write off, right? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a write off. <laughs> I am uh, working on home brewing my own version of a Kolsch. I've 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 done twenty batches of New England IPA, and I feel like I've pretty much got it down i'm like happy with the final product and i feel like i can experiment within that style and so now i want to try something um that's challenging because a Kolsch is a very clean beer flavored beer that you really can't hide behind with a bunch of hops and you know stuff so it's uh it's gonna be a challenge but i am up for it it's one of my favorite styles of beer Mm. and it's like sort of the complete opposite of ipa it's like (laughs) it just tastes like your dad's beer and i love it dude please tell me that you do seriously write this beer off because all the beer that it, I, drink, I don't i don't well, you have a website it's, it's, brew cabin i do but i'm a, i mean i'm it's for me i'm, I'm the but, one but it's it. research for brew cabin listen money matters i enjoy the drinks but listen money matters pays for it <laughs> yeah so i need i need to build like a recipe bank and then yes it becomes a write-off where it's like oh i'm doing research to, to develop the perfect kolsch recipe to uh, you know, to put on the website. So I will. All right. Well, well, maybe you should do that. Then. All right. Fine. Fine. Oh, after this episode, I will. I will start writing off my homebrew supplies, which is awesome. Yeah. So speaking of awesome, today's catchphrase, which I want to read again, you can catch a lot of flies with honey, but you'll catch more honeys being fly <laughs> is from Matthew via email. Thank you, Matthew. Great name. When we, when we read phrase. that. I was just like delighted because I had no expectations of any of that at the end. Yeah, mm. it's funny. Today we're talking about five questions. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's just dive in. Yeah. Question number one is about bond ETFs. Ugh. Your favorite topic. Yeah, starting off real strong. <laughs> All right, here we go. Can you explain or can you direct me to where I can learn about how bond ETFs work? I know that bonds are a fixed income that pay a set of interest upon maturity. I know that you pay a lump sum to purchase a bond. 
I don't understand how bond ETFs work. Specifically, how do they work with dollar cost averaging? For example, if there's a bond ETF that is trading at $60 a share and I bought two shares each month, what date does that start calculating the maturity rate? Mm, excellent question. Go for uh, it. You, you don't want to start with this one? <laughs> I don't I don't think I I don't think I know the answer here. Okay. So, um correct bonds uh, pay interest, it's often ca- uh, classified as fixed income. Typically, a lot of them pay like two times a year. It's like roughly every six months you'll get interest. Um, bond ETFs work differently because there are many, many bonds in a single bond ETF, like billions of dollars. Okay. Um, and so what happens is bonds are maturing all the time. And then mm-hmm. when they mature and they get the principal back, they're buying new bonds and just as the way it kind of works, all the maturities are spread out. And it's such that like you actually get dividend payments monthly rather consistently um, as a result of just kind of like mixed maturities, a ton of bonds in there. So it acts much more like just a dividend only paying ETF. Uh-huh. And, and the reason I say that is if you take um, for example, BLV, which is Vanguard's long-term bond fund, it's in the Golden Butterfly that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And you pull mm-hmm. uh, the, like the Google Finance or Yahoo Graph out to the total time it exists. You'll notice that the price goes up, the price goes down, it goes up, goes down, but it generally remains rather consistent in like the same price bands because you know it's going up and down based on like dividends being paid or um, you know the bonds paying their interest right um but uh it, it's so, so you don't buy it for growth in the share price you buy it for the yield essentially okay you're buying it for the dividends correct yes so it's so it's sort of like it's a wave it's a wave pattern but it stays within a you know a, there's a top and a bottom like 60 to, it. to 90 dollars is my you know sh- sure okay so dollar cost averaging works because sometimes it just paid out a big yield and so you're buying it when it's lower and then and then you buy it, you know, when it's high and low and high and low and, and it kind of averages out over time. Exactly. And you're getting and, the benefit you know, of that. So you don't actually own the full bond then. Well, I mean you you own like in Vanguard's case the shareholders own Vanguard essentially. So if you were to mm-hmm. do with Vanguard, technically yes. Okay. Um but you would you would buy it for the yield. You wouldn't buy it for the price. And okay, so so you're not. It's not like you're. It's not like buying a single bond at a certain price, and then that's the date where you buy it. And then over time, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. You're not taking any. You're not. You know. You're you're gaining money, but it's just like slowly over time. Right. And then you have to worry like, is this the right time to buy that bond? Because some bonds could be more expensive. Maybe it's right. A but that's company. if you're buying a bond outright the same as buying a stock right but the thing is like with something like the vanguard uh bond fund blv or, or any of their stuff the the fee for that one specifically is 0.07 percent so, so it's low basically nothing mm-hmm. and then you have these experts literally picking the best options at the best time for you yeah so you kind of just win on all fronts so it's a bond bundle yeah it's a and basket of bonds all right basket of bonds is that i hope that answers the question you think that answers the question that answers the question i think yeah. so uh, it's like buying believe- an income stream, basically. Got it. Okay, cool. So thanks, Nikita. Appreciate that question. 
strong start to the five questions. Woo! Getting real technical. Moving on to question number two. It's about books. <laughs> My favorite movie is books. What books, not specifically about money, have had an impact on your financial education or perspective on money and wealth? Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I got a bunch. Do you want to go? Um, well, we had Ramit on the show. Mm-hmm. His book was probably the most influential book when it came to my change in personal finance appreciation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of was that book and The Simple Dollar were the two personal finance books that sent me uh, were the catalyst to where I am today. Changed your life. Changed my life for sure. Um, I've read books before that about personal finance. Like I've, you know, you know, growing up, especially around people who are, oh, you know, you really want to make some money. Check out Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm. It's like fuck you. It it <laughs> sucks. I mean that whatever that book's it's I right. it sucks. I I read it. It's fine. But now I'm like, it's but now it's been it's been it's no don't follow it. Um, <laughs> I I remember reading. The Richest Man in Babylon, which, again, like, Reddit, fine. Another one that will be, like, top recommended, whatever. Sure. But yeah, Automatic it, Millionaire was another one. I did not. I don't know that one. They they actually gave me a copy of that book when I bought my house. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was when you bought your house at the peak of the market for nothing down. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, they're like, here's a book. <laughs> soft, soft cover book. You're going to need it, this. It, yeah, it was, I don't know, whatever. Um... So that those are like, I mean, like those are those are the three books that like kind of came in my life. Those are super money. I books. wasn't. He said, yeah, not I was specifically. I so. know. So they were just I'm just want to kind of give them all that. That was the three that kind of came in when I wasn't ready to like start this journey. But it wasn't until I read the simple dollar first. But then when Ramit when I read Ramit's book, I was like, oh, it fucking changed me. Hmm. It really just sent me down. Like a, because it was very tactical. It's like do this. I'm like, okay, I that I kind of resonate with. Um, books that have sort of that are not money based, but have had a impact on me. Uh, a really weird one, um, and it's my favorite book I've ever read. Mastering is, Mint. What <laughs> mastering Master, Mint? <laughs> mastering Mint. I think you said Mastering Commander. Uh, no, Mastering Mint. Yeah, it changed my life. <laughs> I think I had a hand in that. I think I had a hand in that book. Um, <laughs> you did. Uh, honestly, the weirdest one is the Jim Henson biography. Mm, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. So I own a copy, a physical copy of it because it was that influential to me. Uh, I'm like, I, I like the Muppets and stuff. They're great. Um, but his, there was one piece of advice, not even advice, but something that he just believed in. He believed in owning everything. Mm. He didn't believe in of the creative um, process and everything. He owned it. He did not like he didn't he he was the sole owner of the Muppets all the way until he died. Mm. And he didn't like other people having control of his brand. And he made that very clear. He wasn't a dick about it. He was just like, nope, um, it's all me. And there was a reason for that. And I kind of just was like, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, that one was big. 
I read um a book that was really interesting. It's it's it sounds like all right. So I will admit, like Ramit's title of his book is "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." Very spammy. Sounds douche chill all day, mm. but it is. But and that's actually the recommendation that I got was like ignore the title because it is purposefully done that way. The same with like Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. Like he researched that Salacious. and tested that. Yeah, he did it on purpose. It was originally called How to Make Money Selling Drugs or something like that. Mm. And, you know, he tested out the different titles and that one got picked up the most. Talks about it in the book. Yeah. Which is fascinating and super. Yeah. So it is like, so ignore the title because it actually has a lot of good information. Same with this book, uh, How to Get Rich. Ever read that one? No. Um, Felix Dennis, I believe his name is. He's, uh, he owned Dennis, Dennis Publishing or Dennis Media that he did uh, Maxim Magazine PC World. He owned a bunch of magazines, and he talked about he talks about how to get rich. It's really tongue in cheek. It's really funny. It's really like all this shit is hard. Like, don't let anybody <laughs> tell you it's not hard. Um, it's very good, and it's not as as douchey as the title presents. Mm. I remember reading that and going like, "Wow, this is really profound." I liked it. So I can look at my shelf. There's probably more, but those are. The ones specifically about money that come to mind. What about you? Um, all right. So I, I've told you about essentialism probably like a million times. Yep. I've read it. Chewed, chewed everyone's ear off that will listen. That I think had the most impact on me because I always felt like I had to do everything. Or, you know, someone asks you, can you do this? Like you just obviously, yes, of course I can do it. I know how to do it. I'm capable of doing it. I will do it. And <laughs> well, that, I mean, that it's was funny. my mind. You know, he he tweeted something mm. the other day. The guy that wrote that book, Greg and I responded. McCowan or something? McCowan? Yeah, Greg. Yeah. He tweeted something like, um, you know, you have permission not to do everything. Mm. Or something like that. Or give yourself permission not to do everything. And I responded. Or he said, it was give yourself permission not to do it all. And I wrote, no, do it all. Just give yourself time. Mm. and it's like so it's not it's essentialism but it's like one thing at a time not you know you can yeah dude if you want to do everything like fair but you're you're looking at looking at it through the business owner lens and i i think you have to you have to take those off because like uh uh, like you own all of the things that you do and so if you do them over the course of two years you'll still reap all the benefits of whatever but when, when i was at iheart um, or, and I actually read it before iHeart. I was at Barclays, which was even more acute. Mm-hmm. People would show up to my desk oh. and they're like, Hey, Andrew, can you like run this report or whatever? You know, I was the data guy. Of course I could do it. And I, I was doing favors all day left and right. And it was not helping me out at all. And it's not like it has to be selfish, but you want a raise and a promotion and to be able to go home at five 30 and these basic things. And it's like uh. how to not be an asshole. Actually, people will like you more when you set boundaries. I guess it's boundaries. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but you know, I mean, I you're right. I was looking at that through the lens of a business owner. I read it when I was a business owner, mm-hmm. so I guess that makes sense. I didn't read it prior to, but I guess the same would. I can make the same argument with "I will teach you to be rich." If I read that now, I would have a totally different outlook on it. Yeah, I mean, for for sure. Okay. I mean. Now that you know money things and, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, sure. 
And like, I feel like a lot of the times you read books, like after you gain the knowledge years later, you're like, ah, the book was good, but I just kind of know things. Um, sure, sure. But uh, another one that I had read that, you know, is not like the most blazing read is uh, uh, Getting Things Done, GTD. Yeah, yeah. So I'd read that back like right when I graduated college. And yeah. wow. Okay, that's you read that. And a while so like ago. now I know how to do things, but like, and I thought I knew how to do things then, but like, and I mean you know because all you talk about is process, and it's just yeah coming up with a process, and when you're when you don't know what mm-hmm. a process is, devising this thing yeah. you don't know seems impossible, and he gives you an excellent process to implement to get shit done, uh, like absolutely changed my life. Would not have been able to do any business things without it. Yeah, I would say that that book you can get through very quickly because you really just need. He just kind of lays out the process in the beginning, and it's like and it's like worksheet yeah, type things, yeah. and so it's visual. Uh, like, listen, my marriage was built while I had a job and all these other things, and it was because of you have to be like hyper organized. Do you have any books that are specifically about like not not a, not necessarily a personal finance book, but a book that like made you think differently about money, not like money specifically. Mm. It, like I'm thinking of good to great. I know you, it's, it's you literally on my list. Oh, it you have, is a, oh, you have a list. Yeah. yeah I, I, have oh, a list. I was just coming up with this shit on the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. I, I have three more on my list, but so good oh, to okay. great. No, good. I thought was Jim, fa- Jim's, Co- James, Col- Jim's, Jim, Jim, Collins? Jim Collins. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. And, and essentially, uh, and, and like you, you need to read the book to mm-hmm. get, the mean of it but um he gets all of his like grad students together and they essentially he wants to find out what makes a company that was good amazing you know like what yes. changed and uh, that's the book i get recommended the most and i still have not read it oh matt i, th- I think like so okay for example uh walgreens i think it was either yeah it was walgreens was one of the ones that was in it and they were a mediocre company for a very long time and, and I mean, they, they figure all this stuff out after analyzing hundreds and hundreds of companies, but essentially they wound up like focusing, focusing super acutely on their stores, the layout, the customer like path and putting products in certain places. But, you know, that's the end result. And then it's kind of the, the, uh, the discipline of the organization and the people put in place to arrive at that conclusion and just... It, it's very insightful in like the journeys of things becoming amazing. Okay. Um, I will read it. It's on my list. If that, if that didn't sell you, you know, <laughs> uh, atomic habits. Um, I don't think it like drastically changed my life, but I found it like pretty impactful lately. And that's, that's a more recent read. Cause that just came out. Yeah. So that one, I want to say came out within the last year for sure. Yeah. Um yeah. it's James Clear. Uh huge who we've, who we've had on the show. Yeah. Huge fan. Oh, yeah. To the max. And and the episode actually I thought was awesome. Awesome mm-hmm. being that it was an early episode and Yeah, back when I was on the show. Well, well you're on like half the episodes, but you know, mm-hmm. we, I don't know if we knew how to do really good then, but it was really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And um it's it's more about like flipping your mindset or my takeaway. Like you know, the whole I'm not a smoker or I'm yeah. trying to quit, 
you know, and just you you own the persona of the type of person that you want to become. Exactly. Yeah. And so just trying to focus on that instead of necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I would out of all the books you mentioned for personal finance, I think that one probably has the most relevancy because the idea that I decided one day to not be shitty with money Mm. and build a habit to not be shitty at it is probably the most like helpful thing you can do if you want to get better with your financial situation is just own the fact that like I'm tired. I was like, I'm tired of being like a dumbass when it comes to money. Like I'm just sick of not knowing things. I'm sick of being this, like the, the person that's like, Oh, don't, trust Matt with money, he'll fucking just spend it. Or, you know, I don't want to be known as that guy. I want to be the, I want to be known as the person who is like, no, if you want to talk about money, talk to that guy. Like that was, and that was a change of mindset. It was a a declaration, Mm. right? Because I think he talks about like, you have to make that declaration to yourself. Yeah. And then sort of like, and then that's what starts the habit building of becoming better at it. And I think that's exactly what I did without reading the book. But, you know, after reading his stuff later, it was like, oh, let me see what I can do that. I've done that. I've personally done that in in places, but then I've done it now knowing that that's actually a a trick or not a trick, but a, Mm. you know, a tactic, if you will. So as a result of that book. So, okay. So I tend to be overconfident at bordering like, um, no. (laughs) arrogant or whatever um and so as a result of that book i I wrote on my whiteboard in red to just kind of uh always be there i erase around it um how do i know i'm right how do you know all right explain that so i wrote how do i know i am right and so whenever i go to the whiteboard or i'm looking around or whatever I, i see it and it reminds me that the things that I am insanely confident in may not be correct. My perceptions of other people, mm. my decisions that I might make with a business, whatever. And I don't know if it has made any meaningful impact, but it it gives me pause and forces me to L- Listen. Yeah, because I tend to uh, be very headstrong, and that is to my detriment. Yep. I I feel like I used to be that way, too. I don't know what changed. Maybe moving to Boulder, just being a all around softer person, both physically and mentally. The East Coast is is hardening. <laughs> <laughs> it just it turns you into a stone hen. Like you're just like, yeah, I get mm. that. But I, yeah, I've been, you know what? I, I think I've taken the opposite approach. I'm like, tell me I'm wrong, please, for the <laughs> love of God, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me a better way. But there are few people who will have the balls or ovaries to really tell you. And yeah. Mm. You're one of those people, but but I will have to pick your brain about my arrogance right. later. I want to I want to hear more. All right, all right, we, uh, got, we got time. Um, all right. Well, you, I, I just had one more unrelated. One? Uh, so Terry yeah. Brooks, do you know of him? He's, uh, he, he writes nope. like fantasy books, mostly about like elves and elf stones. I you sure. Don't know who <laughs> still sure. So uh, so he wrote this uh, the Shannara series. And I mean, the guy has created an ungodly amount of books. I read about like the first 16 or so of them um, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, really changed my perception on elves. How has that helped you with money? (laughs) (laughs) That's where all the money comes from. And the underwear gnomes. 
Does it take, <laughs> does it, does it take place in what? Iceland? Does it take place in Iceland? No. Yeah, they love their elves over there. <laughs> that is true. Anybody from Iceland, verify that for me, please. Yeah, that's right. That you guys literally will build roads around what you guys believe are habitants or habitats for elves. Mm. They're very polite. Please. They're very polite. Uh, all right. Well, I want to thank Jamal for the question. That was a long one. We have a lot to talk about there. Uh, okay. Moving on to question number three, liquidating socks. Socks. Was- all right. Well, it says, it says rule number three, so- liquidating socks. <laughs> <laughs> I have all these old socks and no one will buy them from me. <laughs> I need to liquidate these socks. That sounds like something Marco Simonis <laughs> would do if he like bought a sock co- company. Like these socks aren't selling. We got to liquidate That's these right. socks. One dollar socks. No one's buying them. All right. So, <laughs> hey guys, really enjoy your show and your beer choices. Thank you. Damn right. But hell yeah, you make money matters easy to understand and fun. I have two. I have turned my two kids onto your show and hope they can get as much out of your show as I do when I listen to it. Question. Well, thank you very much for that, Bob. Appreciate that. Uh, investment strategy in converting an aggressive portfolio into a letter-in-life portfolio. Sorry, I, I think this is Laura and I's transposition stuff. Later. So a later in uh, life. Later in life. Okay. So let me just read that again. Investment strategy in converting an aggressive portfolio into a later-in-life portfolio. So basically converting... From an aggressive portfolio into a conservative. I'm just port- remembering port- that you will literally read whatever we write in here. So in, in like a month yeah, or so, I'm, I'm anchor- start putting some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> I am anchorman in that in that sense, right? I am Ron Burgundy. I will just read whatever's on the. We are liquidating ass socks. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Uh, <laughs> I all right. So I have been investigating. Since I was in my 20s, I guess investing. <laughs> yes. Since I was in my 20s. What the fuck is this? What are we doing? Why is this? What, what are, you, are you doing this? They're like, are you, is this an April Fool's prank or some no, shit? No, no, no. Just, just read it. Just read it. It's fine. All right. I've been investing since I was in my 20s. And I just turned 60 after two retirements. One from the military and my second career as a PA in medicine. I have invested in stock mainly and now feel, oh, I've invested in stock mainly and now feel I should start converting into more conservative bonds and possible metals. How would you suggest someone to start liquidation of stock to convert over to bonds and metals or even should mm. I? So let, let me lay it out as I see it. Here's a okay. guy, Bob. He has invested and done well for himself over his life. He is not only retiring, but he's looking to retire at 60, which is on the early end. Awesome, Bob. Now, um, the question is, like, as you get older, you want to be more conservative in in the investments you hold. And so he's kind of asking, like, how do I do that? And so uh, the first thing I'd ask is, where is the money? If it's in an IRA, like, just flip it because there's no consequences. Once, as long as it's inside the IRA. But I'm guessing, because he's asking the question, that it's not. So we assume that he has taxable investments that are not in an yeah. IRA. Um, and so I would say, or I would advise, that he should be retired and earning no income 
or so okay check this out when you have stocks and they etfs whatever and they grow and you sell them there are tax uh, yeah you get taxed on them yeah yep. you get taxed on it and the amount you get taxed on and let's assume it's long term capital gains tax mm-hmm. is dependent on your income mm. and so yeah. if you are single and make less than $38,600 a year mm-hmm. you you know or or married and make less than 77,000 jointly mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. you will pay 0% tax on your sales okay so if you're married and and this is if you're earning income but these stock these stock or ETF sales will essentially count towards this number and so if you're married and you've retired so there's no income coming in in that tax year you could flip 77,000 of your stocks into bonds or something else and pay no tax on it. Got it. Now, if you were earning above 77,000, you're going to pay 15% on it. Mm-hmm. Anything you know, above the, 77? And yes. And then above 479,000, you'll pay 20%. Okay, but I imagine it. if you're in that bracket, you literally have a team of people helping. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the, the name of the game is really to try and do a lot of this stuff either slowly, slowly over time. So you'd have already been doing it before you hit 60 mm. in small increments. Or, you know, if you're at your age, your point in life, wait until there is no income and then start flipping it in chunks. What do you recommend? For him? Yeah. At 60? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would... You know, I would probably do a, a bit of it. Uh, I, it depends on the total amount he has. Yeah. But um, I'm if it's all 100% aggressive, I might at, at least flip 30 or whatever percent over. Um, over would, to bonds right now. Over, over to something less bonds. aggressive. Yeah. I would absolutely make sure that your income plus your sales don't push you in you know, 20, so, 20%. so, so, so would it be fair to say like, and I'm, and I'm going to, you know, I'm putting you in a position of, you know, how much you have, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine it's all aggressively invested right now. You are, it is. You, are you are 60, mm-hmm. right? What would you do right then? Would you do what I think is flip over 30% day one, like right now, 60, 60 years old, boom, flip it over. And then for the next five to 10 years, slowly move things over piece by piece. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that is a reasonable approach. And I guess okay. I would say the the one factor that gave me pause is how much wealth have you accumulated? Right. If you've because accumulated that, a, Yeah, and how much do you earn? Right. Because if you have a if you have a lot saved, mm-hmm. then I like and if it was me at 60 and I, I'm assuming that I don't destroy everything I've done until then. Sure. I'm probably not going to really I might just stay all aggressive because I'll be the vast majority of my portfolio will be able to wade through. Well, then there you go. That's another way, too. Right. Yeah. So then or, I would or, just kind yeah. of call what I need, because like right. if I need one hundred twenty thousand a year to live and I have 10 million, which I don't. Yeah. Like the yeah, vast majority, I won't need sure. to move. All right. What do you think? What do you think Buffett is at right now? Do you think he's ag- still aggressive? I I think he's just doing his thing, and it oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, like, matter. it's a game. All right. Do you think that answered that, or at least gave some insight? 
into that question? So. I mean, yeah, it, there's a lot of missing information to give proper, to answer the question, you know, to give a game plan. But mm. those are some options, I think. So you can yeah. stay aggressive depending on how much you have and where your tax brackets lie. You could, you know, do a big lump sum, like 30% right now, and then kind of drip it out over, you know, for the next five to 10 years. Or you could drip it out slowly. Or, I mean, you, the, I guess the one that you would recommend is just flipping 100% of it o- over. Right? I would not recommend flipping 100% of it over. There you go. Yeah. All right. 30%, you said. 30%, yes. All right. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have two more questions. Whoop, whoop. And uh, when we come back, we'll answer those. All right, you ready for question number four? Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm super ready. Betterment versus Funrise. Oh, yeah. Who's going to win tonight's <laughs> battle between Betterment and Funrise? Does that work? Is that <laughs> uh, not a little bit <laughs> more? Any, no sound? I have no sound effects of like a crowd or anything. This is a really low production value. Yeah, we need to get you a soundboard. Thank you. Really? Yeah. I no. have an iPad. I feel like I could do it. Yeah? Yeah. Like, auga. I could definitely hook one up. All right, we, we, could, we could try one. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot. All right. Oh, maybe only for five questions. I'll, I'll just have a sound. You know what? I feel that like... That would be perfect. If I had a sound bed, <laughs> I feel like it would just... Everybody like, all right, stop it with the same thing over and over again. <laughs> all right, so question number four. I have both a Betterment and a Fundrise account. My goal is long-term growth. Which account do you recommend I contribute more to? Uh, oh, I don't know. Are you talking to me? I, I mean, look, I don't have a Fundrise account, so my answer is Betterment. Okay, so um, <laughs> I would say uh, that the the goal of Fundrise and Betterment are different and i think that they're like spot in your portfolio should be different and so yes you know fundrise is only real estate um and so i don't think that it should be the entirety of you know yep. maybe yep. excluding rental properties max 30 percent. that's that kind of feels like a lot and okay but let me let me all right he's but he's specifically saying or or he or she i guess uh long-term growth mm. Okay, so for long-term growth, I, 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 I mean, my beliefs are, are different than whenever. I'm really intoxicated with real estate and how it is essentially working for us, and we, yeah, we are very meaningfully. We're, we're Laura and I are essentially hmm. doing fundrise at two x what we're doing the golden butterfly, and that's all that we're doing right now. Okay. And it's not All right. it's not, you know, not betterment, but it's just kind of we're very heavy in stocks and ETFs and I kind of want to even things yeah. out. Um So so I'm very excited the, about what Fundrise does. All right, but you're but the question is the if the goal is long-term growth, what do you contribute more of your income towards? Mm. And it's weird to say that because Betterment has in itself multiple types of accounts. Yeah. I mean, right? Real estate. So you are is... literally limited. You know, mm-hmm. if you just have an IRA with Betterment, you are limited to 50 or now $6,000 a year. Mm. You know, if you have a SEP IRA, which I just, or no, what do I have? A SEP 401 or SEP IRA? I don't know what you have. What the hell did I just open? We just opened it the other day together. I, was, I wasn't with you. 
Yes, you were. You're the one who told me about it. Oh, I told you about a SEP IRA. I didn't. SEP IRA. I wouldn't okay, have sat it. there while you filled in your no, details. You, no, and, it took two seconds on Betterment. But I. But that's like fifty five thousand, right? Uh, it, it could be up to that, depending it, on yeah, a up bunch to that, of right? Stuff. Um, I also have a taxable account, which is basically like a standard brokerage account to buy stocks and bonds and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I have a saving a savings account, a super saver, which is like a hundred percent bonds. So Betterment has like multiple things. Fundrise has one type of fund. true. It's a, okay, right? and, so, and it's also a not fair question. What is right. better for the long term? Because I don't know what's going to do better in the long sure. term. They're both excellent. But also, options. what are you, you going to contribute more to if you have if you have a savings account, an IRA, and a brokerage account? Then obviously, it's going to be Betterment over Fundrise because Fundrise should only operate at if real estate in general should only operate. You're saying at a max thirty percent of your entire portfolio. I was I was going to say that. Uh, if we were just, ta- yes, you're absolutely right. And so broadly speaking, if we were starting from zero or just as it, the, the types of investments that Betterman goes into should be the vast majority of your long-term view. Fundrise okay. is awesome and I'm really excited about it, but it, as compared to Betterman, uh, would be a minority. There you go. Mm. That answers that. Cool. Thank you for helping me un- Whatever. Fuck yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Cameron, for that question. Really appreciate it. Uh, all right. Moving on to question number five. Retirement plan. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to read it. You do it. Here we go. I have worked at a couple of different jobs where I have accrued money in <laughs> oppers. Or the Ohio Public Retirement System, Mm. which I did not know was a thing. I have three years total, and I am currently working a part-time job that has money going into the opera system. It is a great retirement system if you get to your 30 years or whatever you need. Well, that's that would be important to know. My question is, I don't plan on ever reaching that number because I am a farmer and I plan to do that for the rest of my career. I don't foresee me ever getting more than five years into the system. Should I leave the money in the system and take it out when I turn 60 or whenever I can, I'm currently 27, or should I take it out, it'll be greatly taxed, and use it to invest in land to farm? Or (laughs) should I roll it into a 401k or a different plan? That is... A very interesting and very specific yes. question. Um, the Ohio Public Retirement System. Do you have any information? Yes. On I, that? So I looked that up. It's it's like teachers and anyone who's employed okay. employed by the public. That makes sense. So it's like it's public service. It's like government. It's like a government or state. Yeah. I mean, job. it's perhaps. I mean, and I can't say with certainty, but not all that different from like a okay. TSP or you know. All right. Understood. So so. Uh, David is who asked this question has been there for three years as part-time because he's a Mm -hmm. farmer. So he's just working there part-time. He's got some money into this retirement system. Do we have any information on how much it earns, what it's being invested towards? So we we don't know specifically what it's invested in. Um, but, Mm -hmm. uh, there's two pieces of it. There's a pension and then there's like a 401k esque type thing. Um, and, I would say that, and this is just really super assumptions. One, he's 27, yeah. so he's young. 
Uh, yep. Two, he's working in the public sector, so the salary mm-hmm. probably isn't super high. Combined yep. with being 27, so probably not making a lot of money. Combined with being part-time, like kind of like tripling down on it, not really being a lot of money. Um, I yeah. would say that one, you're not going to be able to buy much land with that. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, it could be towards, towards land. land. Fine. Sure. Um, should you roll it over into 401k? I don't believe it's going to work like that. And, and I also am pretty sure from what I read that it is not really a rollover type thing. Mm. Mm. Um, and so the question really is from, from what I see, should he take the money out now with a penalty or, or just, just leave, leave it? it? Yeah. So it, all right, look, it's pretty obvious that he's not going to be working this part-time job his whole life. And that's fine. And it sounds like, and I also want to know what are your, what are you, what are your farm? What are you, what are you farming? Cause I have some interest in, um, Hemp agriculture. Farms? Well, I just, I just want to know, like, is it, is it, is it anything I can use to put in beer? That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm mostly concerned about. Um, have you heard of harvest returns? Yeah, that too. So I believe you right. read an ad for them. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, so, I, I mean, I love the idea of like owning a farm and putting money towards a farm. Mm. So three years, you're right. Three years part time. How much money could there possibly be in that account? And you can't roll it over in anything. So you just sit there, dude. It, all right. I got my answer. Tell me. My answer is fucking pull it out. Pull it out. Take it out. Do what you want with it. I'd say if you want to put it towards um, land, which would help your business, which would help you know the career path that you actually want to take, that is a form of mm. investing, right? You're you're taking a penalty, sure, but um, I mean, again, how much could it possibly? I mean, I would be more concerned if you were like, "Hey, I I want to take this money out because I can't pay my bills." Mm. I'd be like, mm, "Leave it." The fact that you want to invest it in land is an investment if you can't roll it over and do if a, you could execute on it properly of course but still anything's a risk right so yeah if you're going to if you if you're if you know you're not going to stay in that job it's part-time there's probably not that much money in there although i mean that is that is a that's speculation of course mm-hmm. my suggestion is to just take it out and invest it in land to farm and if you can't roll it over, then what, and that's really the only, the only, it's really an option between, um, taking it out or leaving it in. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, you face this question a lot in your life, man. <laughs> <Matt. laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I, 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 you know, you got to pull out, bud. You got to pull out. <laughs> it's got to do it. A lot of consequences come when you don't pull All right. out. You know what I mean? All right. All right. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> but <laughs> I, that's 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 my like business minded uh, mm. sort of risk taking advice because I don't know I I you know I I had a four hundred one k with a company for a long time I had two years I probably had the same amount three years I wasn't working part time but there wasn't much money in there it was probably a couple thousand and uh. It was like, oh, do I roll? I, I, I wanted to roll it over into my next job, but they didn't offer it. So I just took it out. 
It was a couple and thousand. Bought, and bought beer. And and bought, yeah. yeah I, no, I probably like did some dumb shit with it. Yeah. So had look, I took t- taken it out and invested it in my company, totally different. Thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That that would have been huge. And and you know, to to be honest, when I was young and Lehman Brothers went bankrupt, they had some sort of pension thing. And I remember getting a thing in the mail. They're like, Oh, you're whatever this. Do you want a check or to roll yeah. it into whatever? I was like, check, give me a check. It was like maybe five hundred dollars or something. Oh, really? And you, you paid taxes on that. Yeah, oh yeah. Sure. It was like five hundred dollars top level number. <laughs> right, and then when right. I got it, it was like so much less. Sure. It was like it was like But we're talking whatever. about like look again and i'm this is all based on assumption we're talking about maybe a couple thousand dollars at the most let's just say it's ten thousand dollars 30 years from now mm-hmm. you can take that money out tax-free what do you think that's gonna you know I, again we don't know it's what gonna, it's, it's invested in I, so so here's a here's a thing yeah um my thought but it could be it, 30 times as much if he invested in land and is able to make money from that land over the next 30 years. I'll tell you what, Matt. I had a lot of really good ideas when I was 27. Yeah. And now that I am 35, I can tell you with certainty that almost none of them were good ideas. That's not true. I mean, I had a few. That's not ve- true. That's fucking false. I know it's false because you had an idea to start Listen Money Matters six years ago. Fine. Okay. So Damn it. suck it, dude. Are you, are you kidding <laughs> that was, me? That was, all right. Look. I, <laughs> you know, um, I won. I just won. <laughs> I won. The 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 mathematically responsible thing to do is to leave it in. <laughs> you know, and then so just, the, I think so the, just so just soak. You just want to keep it. Just leave <laughs> it in. Don't move. <laughs> just 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 come soak. up fine. Come up with a plan. All right. You know of what it's going to go towards. But the easiest thing. And and the most obviously successful thing is to do nothing with it. But the biggest worry is you forget about it. You don't know where it is. So I looked it up. Personal capital specifically supports this. So add it in there. So you just mm. like have it in your dashboard. You don't forget. If that yeah. is a path you take, I don't know that I could with good conscience say, rec- say pull it out because it's probably a very high fee. Mm. Um, I am I am I am personally recommending. Invest it in the career you want for the long term. If you are going to do anything, it, that that to me that is almost the same as rolling it over into your next career, four hundred one k. You know, obviously you're gonna hit, you're gonna take a penalty, but I mean, take a penalty shot for your dreams. That's right, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's what I got. I don't know. I was actually really impressed that you're able to quote Wayne, Red- Wayne Gretzky like that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I know all of uh, Wayne Gretzky's quotes. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. That's the only one that matters. It's the only one that matters. David, thank you very much for your question. I hope that Andrew and I's rambling on that and, and uh, clear euphemisms when it comes to having sex <laughs> there were, uh, there were helped that you. We, what? No, oh, you didn't know we were making you No, no, I was just no. All right, you thought we were just being okay. Well, I was laughing because of the sour with blueberries I'm drinking. See, that's yeah. Andrew doesn't understand how sex works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, that's that's five questions. I want to thank David. I want to thank Cameron, Bob, Jamal, and Nikita for your questions. Thank you. Keep them coming because we love doing mm. five questions. 
And if you missed anything, we'll have everything in the show notes. Either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. Everything will be there. Mm. Please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And actually, instead of subscribing, you're already subscribed. Hopefully, if you're listening to the show, just tell a friend, have them subscribe by pointing them to your favorite episodes. Maybe it's five questions. Who knows? Mm. If you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about on future episodes of Five Questions or any other show, email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And all the tools and resources that we normally mention on this and every show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. All right. That's it, man. Mm. Another five questions down the drain. Uh, not down the drain. Up the drain. Not down the Yeah, up the drain. Yeah. All right. Later, man. Later. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>